greeting there, traveler. Welcome to the end of the seven dice. Sorry, just one second. Wing over. Go get your damn mail. What? What mail? I don't have no. If this is about those halflings wanting that displaced beast, I delivered it on time. It's not my fault what happened to the courier. What? What do you mean? No. That's, these are reviews for your show. Reviews? Oh. What, what was that about the displacer beast? Um. Nothing. Yes, nothing. Hello, traveler. I have to run back to my stool now. Bye. Welcome, traveler. It looks like we have a review for the show. Let me give it a gander and I shall tell you what it says. Engaging and funny exclamation mark. I just listened to the first episode and it was so fun and engaging I'm excited to continue. That was by Pinorev. Hmm, they sound like they are a dwarven name or something. Well, anywho, glad you're enjoying the show. I need to get back to these review things more often. Do we have more mail? Yes. What? Okay, I'll get back to it later. Anyway, greetings, traveler. I see you're back for the show once more. After that incident with Matthews, I could see why you'd be curious on what happened to our heroes. Well, you're in luck. For this little scamper off to Sanctuary was a little more exciting than you'd think. Now let me spin you the tale of the Ballad of the Chosen Few. Hey, I'm Robert. I'm playing a level 2 Gith Yankee Ranger. MZ. Hi, my name's Humberto. I play Bordon, the level 2 cleric. Hi, my name is Fred. I am playing Kalsar, the level 2 teeth playing paladin. Evan, I'm playing Ronnie, a level 2 half elf bard. So where we last left you, you were running away from Geldspar. You were full steam ahead, adrenaline pumping, and behind you the flames were roaring and the screams were echoing out as the beast just destroyed this town. MZ, your mouth is still sealed shut, and while you're running, you're actually having a hard time breathing since you're only breathing through your nose and you're not able to cool off from breathing out of your mouth, so you're sweating profusely. Kalsar, your arm is still hurting from when Bordon healed it back on, and you tried to swing it too soon, and you've been cradling it in your side because it's just too painful to use a lot. And as you guys are running, you run for probably another hour. Your adrenaline is pumping through you, the fear is racing, and you finally get far enough that you can no longer even see the flames of Geldspar or hear any of the screams. Garlix turns around and looks at all of you, sweat dripping off his face. Does anybody want to tell me what, what the hell happened back there? Uh, Kelsar probably can just enlighten us about that. And I have to take care of uh, MZ as well. It doesn't seem well. No, his mouth is healed over. What the fuck is that? Uh, stuff. Stuff happened. Like, it's... I think... You guys are covered in blood. It looks like MZ is wearing red clothes. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Like, maybe after I, you know, like I unseal uh, MZ's mouth, maybe he'll be able to fill us in as well because everything started uh, in his room. All right. Um, we need to set up camp. And we need to get some rest. So you take care of MZ, and I'll just deal with Kelsar and Ronnie and talk to them, try to figure this out. Does anyone want to make me a survival check? Yeah, I can do that. Boom. Natural 20. 
All right, MZ sets up the perfect camping spot. It's nice to some clean, clear water, and it has these trees that are draping over it to give you some cover from any rain or any sort of bad weather. And he sets up this nice small fire that doesn't give off a lot of light, but it gives off enough warmth to keep you guys comfortable throughout the night. Do we heal uh, any HP in this process? You could take a short rest if you want, or you could take the long rest for when you guys go to sleep, and that will get you guys back up to full. Well, then I'll just wait till we sleep then. Well, if we take short rest, I can do, uh, uh, song of rest. That's true. If you guys want to take this moment as a short rest, you definitely can. So while all of you are sitting and relaxing, Ronnie begins playing the familiar melody of For Steve and you all feel once more that sensation of positive energy flowing through you. Your wounds are healing at this supernatural rate. You're looking down and seeing open wounds finally closing up. Kalsar, you feel your arm lose that horrible throbbing feeling, and it's still sore, but it's nowhere near what it once was. Can I fix uh, MZ's mouth? Yes, but here's what I need to ask. Does anyone have a dagger? Because you are going to need a sharp utensil for this. Uh, I'm using a dagger. Okay, so Ronnie hands over his dagger to you, Borodon, and I need you to make me a medicine check. Yeah, but uh, before that, what I'll do is uh, I'll use... I don't know if I can use guidance, uh, guidance on myself. Yeah, you could put that on yourself. Okay, so that's what I'll do. Okay. So I just use guidance. You place a hand on your chest and you feel this positive energy sort of coat around you like a warm blanket and it's giving off a soft glow. Um, I'll try to, to heal his mouth. And uh, and before just like operating, I'll, uh, you know, I'll put the dagger on the fire, you know, to sterilize it. Okay, so I'll do that. And I got uh, 18 in total. Okay, so this is what you're going to be doing for most of the evening. So I'll quickly go over the operation and then jump back over to Kalsar and Rani. So, Bordon, you sit down near MZ's head, and MZ, there's nothing for you to really clench your teeth on since it's your mouth that's being operated on right now. I'm so fatigued that. I don't even know if there's much of a struggle either, like much of a fight left in me. So MZ, Bordon sits down by your head and he begins doing this operation and it hurts. It hurts a lot. Like he's going through there and he's cutting in. Thankfully it's not very deep. He's just trying to get rid of this extra skin that's grown on. But you take five points of damage as he begins trying to clear all this off and open up your mouth. So Borodon, you're getting out all this skin and you're scraping away, cutting, and you're aiming at where you believe his lips and mouth should be. And thankfully, the skin, the new stuff, it's a different color, so you're able to get rid of it with some pretty good due diligence. And you take your time and after removing all this stuff, his face is very raw. It's not necessarily all veiny and stuff, but it very much looks like he's had a few layers of skin scraped away. So, uh, after the operation, I'll get like a canteen and I'll give him water. So, so let's go and focus over to Kelsar and Ronnie. And Bordon's going to be doing this for most of the evening. So you guys, what happened? Just lay it out flat. I was asleep. Uh, then I woke up, and that guy didn't have a mouth, and I think another guy lost an what? arm. Based on Kelsar's clothes being pretty torn up, and the shoulder having no clothing on it whatsoever, I'm guessing, Kelsar, you lost the arm? I don't want to talk about it. I understand that you're not feeling great about this situation, but he's still out there and we need to know what's happening. I lost. Yeah, no duh. You're facing off against a guy who could take out a hundred soldiers in front of him. If you won, I would have been fucking amazed. So, I, I, if I'm hearing anything, I just scream, you know, I just yell saying, 
staying alive is already it's a it's a, a winning you know like on my book so yeah we are all alive you still have your two arms I'm being able to like open a new mouth on MZ so I think we are we have done quite okay considering everything I failed as a paladin though Kelsar, you're not going to win every battle. Hell, you're not even going to win probably half your battles. What's important is that you live to see the next day so that you can keep helping people. Innocent people died because of me. Feldspar burned because of me. If I could have, if I just let it go, if I just would have forgone, forgone my pride, this never would have happened. What do you mean? My stupid pride got in the way. Wait, do you mean Matthews was trying to leave? Maybe he was. Maybe he was just toying with us. This is important. Did he show up with the beast, or did he summon it there? Because we didn't see it at all when we were patrolling that night. He summoned the damn thing, okay? He summoned the damn thing. It was all because of me. And he tore apart the entire goddamn village. It's all my fault. And now, I don't know what to do. I don't deserve to live. Please leave me be. What? No! No, 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 you, you do deserve to leave. Otherwise, I mean, why the hell would I, you know, mend your arm back to your body? No, 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 no. No self-pity right now. It's not the time, nor the place. I still need to go back to my, uh, to my kingdom. Kalsar, you're gonna realize pretty soon when we get back, this is bigger than just one town. Towns have been destroyed. Worlds have been destroyed. What we're trying to stop is all of the rest of them from being destroyed. I know this is difficult, and you're taking this really hard because you've been raised that you're supposed to be some warrior of justice, as all paladins are. But the truth of the matter is, is we are going to lose people. We are going to lose a lot of people because this is war. And it sucks and it's tough. But we have to keep marching on so that the rest of the people don't die. We are the last front. If this fails, it fails for everyone. And I get it. You're going to need time to process these emotions. But I need you to understand that you're going to have to get back out there that you're going to need to start saving lives again because we don't get a choice in this matter. This war is happening whether we like it or not, and we need every goddamn soldier we can get. And there must be a reason that you people are out here. We haven't had reinforcements in over a year. We used to get people every day, two people, three people, but for some reason you four were dragged here at the tail end of this war, and there must be something that you're supposed to be doing. I don't know what it is. This higher power probably has some idea, but I guess we're gonna see it play out. But I need you to pick yourself back up and get ready, because the enemy is not going to hold back. What do you need? Honestly, I just... I need to know what happened. That creature that showed up, the big one without any of the skin, that was once a person. And it shows up now at places that deform monstrosity and it just kills and kills and we can't stop it. Every weapon we use, every spell we throw, all it does is slow it down. Our swords bounce off of it, our arrows break, it's just... When that thing shows up, we don't even fight anymore. We just try to evacuate as many as we can and just leave that city for dead. Remember that next time you see it. When you see it, you get as many people as you can and you run. Uh, I'm quite sure uh, Roni was able to stop him for some seconds using like a laughing spell or something. Aodin perks up at this. Uh, what? Roddy? What did you use and who did you stop? Stop that uh, Matthews with the laughter spell. So maybe... If we find this realm's funniest comedian, we can put him in a laughter spell and then, like, seal him in a ring or something. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait a minute. Are you saying you used Tasha's hideous laughter on Matthews? Yeah, that's the one. That shouldn't have worked. He's immune to mind-affecting spells. Your spell would have just fizzled. How did you even do that? Wait, I remember something. I actually managed to damage him. A little bit, but... My sword actually didn't bounce off him. Well, it's the beast that's immune to physical attacks and other types of magics, but that Matthews himself can be injured. He could just heal back at a very quick rate. The body that he took over was a cleric of some sort, very powerful and adventurer, and he actually has access to the whole litany of spells that that person once knew. Oh. Wait, how... Well, I'm a cleric myself, and uh, I know that... I see. I know that in order for you to actually cast those spells, you need to be in touch with uh, the god. You know, it's not just, oh, okay, I have the spells. It's more of uh, the gods allows you to, uh, sorry, allow you to cast those spells. That's correct. We thought through that as well. We're figuring whoever it is that he took over, he's keeping them alive inside him and just siphoning off the magic. Jeez. So this guy's just like a... I don't know, maybe spirit? Like, uh, can it be exorcised? We're honestly not sure. People have tried, but they just all end up getting ripped apart like they were toys. Which seems like a constant in this world, like being ripped apart. It seems to be a unique ability that surrounds Matthews. He can go up even to an iron golem, which I've seen myself, and dismantle it in seconds. It doesn't matter how tough your skin is or how powerful your armor is, he could just rip you apart as if the laws of science are not listening or when they're around him. And this makes him not only so frustrating, but just so deadly. He just can tear anyone apart, as you've seen with Kelsar. And, uh, MC. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the first time I've seen somebody so strong. Well, we should probably be getting some rest. Yeah. Uh, let's take some watches. Who wants to take first watch? I'm going back to bed. In the morning, I'm finding that damn comedian. I will. Alright, so we'll have Kelsar take first watch, then I'll take the next one, and uh, Bordon, do you want to take the last one? Uh, it's. I mean, I still think... Uh, oh yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine, I can do it. MZ's gotta sleep through the night, he looks like death. Yeah, what about Roni? I mean, if you can trust him being on watch, by all means, but... Oh, no, 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 it's fine. No, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it, yeah. Yeah, he fell asleep pretty quickly already. He's probably drunk. Or at least in, on a hung in a hangover, so... Yeah, it's fine. So you guys get through the night very quickly. You're so exhausted that you can't get up very early in the morning. You sleep in quite a bit. You can't even wake up MZ before 10 o'clock. Thankfully, Garlux heads out early in the morning and he does a bit of hunting for you guys and comes back with some food. So after your quick little breakfast break, Garlux turns to the rest of you. All right, guys, so we're just gonna go straight to Sanctuary. We're not going to try to make any pit stops anywhere or anything. we got to try to get back as fast as we can. Hopefully we don't get jumped by Aaron Bordeaux and his brigands, but, you know, I guess we'll see how things work out. But be on alert. Does he matter anyway right now? I'm just saying he might rob us. Oh, okay. So I'll probably have to skin, you know, us and sell this skin? Because we basically don't have anything. Well, we could be slaves, so let's just keep an eye open, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. So you guys start traveling along this road, and Garlux tells you that it's a very popular trading route that makes it a way to Sanctuary, but it's very dead for you guys. You don't see much in the way of animals. You manage to catch some rabbits and maybe a few birds while you're going just to get by for food, but you don't really see any big game. And as you keep traveling along, 
You guys are feeling absolutely exhausted. None of you had the time to grab any shoes, so you're all barefoot and blistered. Your arches are killing you. And you finally make it on the third day, and you realize you've actually been making really good time. For even though you're walking with sore feet, you guys ran through a very large portion of the night, which made great time. As you're traveling down the road on the third day, you hear this horse coming up from behind you. And you look back and you see there's a very worried looking woman who is making this horse go as fast as she can. And she glances over to the side and looks at all of you as she's coming up. As she's barreling past you, she glances over and a look of recognition crosses her face. And she causes the horse to slow down and come to a stop and turn it around and start trotting back to you guys. And as she comes closer, you realize that it's the woman that MZ had saved from the inn. Once again, you never ask their name. You guys are bad for that. And she comes up to you and says, MZ, oh my goodness, you all made it out. I really thought that maybe you died with the rest of the town. So few had survived. Have you guys seen Steve? Oh, is still, Steve is still alive? Yeah, he was walking away with some woman. Uh, apparently his house fell on top of him and it saved his life. Oh, we need to go back for him. <laughs> yeah, no, um, he already left the town. He started heading towards Sanctuary. The woman said she knew you, Bordon, and she knew Ronnie. Uh, so how was the damage? How many people died? Is the city still, like, in flames? Her face suddenly gets set very grim. She looks over at the rest of you. Well, the fires have stopped. But, unfortunately, a lot of the people didn't make it. Only a handful of us survived, about five of us in total, not including Steve. The mayor's house was the first to go. Poor Emily was still in there, cleaning up. And the house just went right down when that creature charged right through it. I don't think they're going to build Geldspar again. I don't think that town's coming back, but those of us that survived have to keep going. So I'm getting a sanctuary, and I'm getting some some emergency relief aid, and I'm seeing what can happen. Yeah, one person is too many already, but... Damn it! What? Well, it is what it is, I guess. Too many people. I'm sorry for all your losses, but I'm glad that you're still alive. Too many. Well, there's, there's nothing that could be done against creatures of that magnitude. You hear about them in Bard's tales, you hear about them in the stories, but I never thought they would come to a small town like ours. Yeah. No one can fight that kind of thing. We're not heroes. But I, I gotta go ahead. I have to get to Sanctuary. I guess Steve went a different way because I didn't see him this whole ride, but if you see him, he's traveling with a woman. She has very fancy robes and uh, she has one of those fancy wizard staffs and she's walking along has runes on it. Anyways, you all take care. I need to go ahead. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. I'll just ask her what her name is. My name is Sharon Kinsley. And thank you, MZ, for saving my life. I, when that monster appeared out of the air, I honestly thought I was dead. You leapt over its arm while it tried to kill you, picked me up, and leapt over it again. That was amazing. That's the kind of stuff that heroes do. Thank you, MZ, for giving me more time on this world to help others the way you helped me. Right place at the right time. You guys would have been better off if I wasn't there. I really don't think it's the time. But you helped slay that invisible creature. Well, we are all uh, doing our best, you know, but sometimes our best is not necessarily the best so but yeah I mean we know that hell is paved with good intentions right and uh, we're really trying our best to you know help everybody but sometimes our decisions are not fit for the situation I don't blame you guys for running none of us do if you would have stayed to try to fight, you probably would have died with the rest of them. We only live because we ran. And, well, Steve, because he's lucky and his health fell on top of him. Learn from the best. Taught him everything you do. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad he picked up some tips and tricks for new adventures. But, as I said before, it's best that I start moving on. I gotta get that aid back to everybody. Stay safe, and be careful for any more of those monsters. Will do. And she rides off. Well, at least she saved some people. I know it's difficult, but a life is better than no lives. Let's keep moving. Yep. So the rest of the day is fairly uneventful. You guys wander on, and the next morning you're wandering once more, and your feet are sore and blistered, but it's just another day. And as you're coming along, about near lunchtime, you come across four horses that are tethered on the side of the road and this overwhelming smell of rotting meat hangs in the air. And as you look at the horses, you notice that they are very uncomfortable where they're tethered. And there's a sort of a smell of death in the air right now? Yeah. Can I make a survival check to kind of know where it's coming from? Sure. Mm, nine. So this smell, it's overwhelming. You can't find a particular place where it's coming from. But one thing you do notice that stands out is usually with the smell of rotting meat or carcasses, there will be a lot of carrion birds. Birds will come and flock and try to eat this. But you don't hear any birds whatsoever. I'll mention that. That that seems really odd to me. So maybe it's, maybe it's not corpses. Maybe it's a monster that smells like that. I mean, should we be following that? We barely have any weapons. Maybe we could just take those horses and get the hell out of here. Those would get a sanctuary a lot faster. Yeah, but what if uh, the people that owns those horses are in trouble? It's not the horse that Shannon was on, was it? No. Oh, thank God. Hers was more of a farm horse, and these horses look like riding horses. Okay, so what I'll do is uh, I'll check to see if there there are any signs of battle, you know, any blood, you know, like, you know, dried blood uh, on the ground or something. That'll be an investigation. Just like uh, I'll use guidance on myself. Seven! So, Bordon, you start stomping around the area. You're just walking over anything that could have maybe been a clue on the ground and MZ is cringing as he watches you just kick the dirt maybe trying to find something that maybe was hidden by other horses going by and you can't find anything but as you get a little bit closer to the other horses you do notice that they all are carrying full packs of supplies so I'll just tell the group that uh yeah there are some supplies on the horses but again, should we take it? Yeah, there are shoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's an easy answer for you then. I don't like this. I'm looking for shoes. I need shoes, damn it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, your guys' feet hurt. You are not in a fun place right now. I'm used to a life of luxury. Um, my feet have never actually touched ground before. Never. Uh, no, life of luxury. Uh, no, 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 you, you have no idea what life of luxury means. I'm very sorry, peasant. I had a two-person apartment, and I'm only one person. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> two-person apartment. That's cute. That's very cute. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if my feet are actually hurting, because I don't know how... Uh, dwarven feet works. They still hurt because you are used to wearing shoes every day, so you're not getting the proper support that your feet need. And if anything, you're not exactly the manly tough dwarf because you were used to a life of luxury. Yeah, <laughs> the actual life of luxury. Yeah. Yeah, you got pedicures. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, are any of you going up there and checking out the packs? Where are you standing in this area? Uh, I'm looking at those packs. I'm, I'm going up and looking at them. I'm uh, keeping watch. So Garlix pulls out his crossbow and he starts looking around as Ed and eyes the tree line. 
And Ronnie, as you come up to these horses and start digging through these packs, you look over and you see just a little bit ahead. You take a couple steps over to get a better look and you see that there are five bodies that are hanging from the trees. Their arms and legs have been extended to this ridiculous and horrifying length. And they're intertwined and twisted, forming this circle for all five of them. Their bodies have been bloated to a strange balloon-like size, and their heads look like they've been pushed more into the chest cavity, just popping out a little bit. The stomach seems to be slit open, and all of their entrails come together into the center of this strange, disgusting humanoid circle, and this large, fleshy sack hangs there. Every so often, a part of it pushes out on the side, and then, dangling just underneath the fleshy sack, hanging from a bit of flesh, is the amulet the goblin was offering you. What the hell happened? Oh. Uh, do I see that? I'm not very perceptive. You do. I was just using your passive perception. What the hell is this? Uh, what about their feet? Are they wearing shoes? Yes, they are all wearing boots, and they are not hanging from very high. Taking one of those pairs of boots. <sighs> so Ronnie starts walking up more into the tree line, and Garlic quickly shouts, Whoa, wait, wait, where are you going? Boots. So he quickly runs after you, and Aiden follows suit, and you hear both of them go, What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> what do you three do? I don't know. I really don't think we should be. Ah, this does seem like I'll I'll roll like a religion knowledge. So Bordon, you move up near the horses to get a better look. I'll do that. I'll be closer to the horses and I'll do like a religion. And Kelsar and Emzy, do you do the same? No, I'm keeping watch. I am going to get ready for whatever's about to happen. Because the fact that there was no crows or anything, I said right off the bat, something isn't right. Something's not right here, okay? Uh, I want to grab that pendant too. And Kelsar? Can I do an insight check? Yes, you can. And Bordon, what did you get for your religion check? Yeah, to help me, I'll use Guidance again, which is going to be my signature spell for sure. And I got 26 in total. And what did you get, Kelsar, for your insight? I got six total. So Kelsar, you're taking a look at this horrific scene, and it bothers you to the core, but at the same time, you can't get in the mindset of somebody who would do something like this. You can't try to find insight onto why someone would do something so destructive and horrible. And Bordon, while you're looking at this, your mind is whirling. You're thinking, have I read up on this? Have I heard some sort of lecture on a, a ritual like this? And then it clicks. There are cults out there that worship beings from different planes of existence, be it hell, the abyss, or even further away than that. And they do things that are sacrificing life force to birth one of these horrifying creatures into their world. And you look over, and you see the formation of these bodies, you see the fleshy sack hanging there, and you realize exactly what is happening. Oh shit! And you watch as Ronnie goes up there, too fast for you to call out because you're a little still in the moment of trying to click everything, and he grabs onto that amulet and yanks down, and you hear this sickening tear as this tear goes right up the fleshy sack and it falls and this beast emerges out of it and what you see is just revolting. There are numerous eyes all over this blob-like creature. Mouths continuously form out of it and then form back into the flesh and then form again. And all of them are chattering at once and what you hear from them is constant utterance of 
and they're all saying this. There's numerous voices going on, multiple mouths forming and then going back into the creature. Some of them are growling, some of them are saying in a very high-pitched voice, some of them are shouting it, and it just unnerves you hearing this thing. And as this beast slowly starts to form up into a larger form in front of Ronnie, Ronnie is standing, staring, holding on to this amulet, and I need all of you to roll me initially. Eleven. Nineteen. Mine is six. Twelve. So we lead off with Ronnie. So Ronnie, this creature of nightmares is sputtering words right in front of you. What do you do? Did I grab my boots? Yes. I'm going to run away. Alright, so while you're running away, this will get an attack of opportunity on you. So Ronnie, you begin running away from this thing and suddenly this large maw forms in the center of it and inside this large mouth there are tiny little mouths just decorated all on the inside all snapping and biting and it bites down on your leg and rips back and pulls away and you see your blood coating this thing's mouth as it's licking its teeth and you take 12 points of damage but you manage to get out of there and get a safe distance away. You still have your action left. That thing's got a lot of mouths. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast laughter on it. So Ronnie, you're standing there. Your leg isn't doing very great, but these new boots—oh my god—they feel so good compared to just being barefoot. You look at this creature and summon your keyboard up in front of you, and you start slamming on those keys, bringing a sweet melody to the table. And this beast begins to quiver and shake, and a few of the mouths give a little chuckle, but then it settles back into being itself and just stares back at you. And then we go back to Emzy. So Emzy, you are hearing all of your names being spoken in these numerous voices that's it's very loud. Mm-hmm. Two swords out, and I'm going to try to multi-attack it. Ooh, I threaten a critical. Or is that a critical? I got a natural 20. You bet. That's a critical for one of your hits. And what's your other attack? So I got a natural 20 and I got a 22 on my second one. Nice. All right, so MZ, since you got a critical, roll me some percentile. Four. Okay, so standard critical and roll me the damage. Okay, so for my first one, 18. I use a short sword in my offhand, so 7 points of damage. So I did uh, 25 points of damage altogether. So MZ comes crashing out of the bushes. He runs out there. These two blades formed out of his hands. You can see the blood flowing up to the tip of the blade and back down into his hand. His clothes are crusted with his own blood as he runs forward at this beast. And you can tell that he's been used to fighting creatures like this, and with a vengeance, he brings his sword down and slams into it. And this creature howls out in pain in 30 different voices. And you see this creature bubble and broil as the forms start appearing all over it, and it goes back to being normal. And MZ, as you stand there now on this ground around this creature, you feel that the earth itself is starting to get very doughy, very soft to step on. And then we go from MZ to Kelsar. I'm going to cast Silver Shield Protection on MZ. So MZ, suddenly this transparent silver shield suddenly forms in front of you with these cyan blue flames licking off the side of it. And you feel this warmth and protection coming from it and you get a plus two to your AC. So it's my AC's 15. And Kelsar, do you move closer to the beast? You're just by the horses right now. I'm going to move closer to the monster. So Kelsar, you move forward after giving MZ a shield, and you pull out your own sword and shield and get ready for this creature. Garlix takes his crossbow and carefully aims at the creature and fires, but it fires wide as he's just a little too freaked out. And Aiden holds out his hand and these little runes glow around it, and he fires off three missiles that slam into this creature, causing it to growl. And then it goes to Borodon. So Roni actually got hit, right? 
Yeah, you can tell it bit him very badly in the leg. While he's playing his keyboard, you could tell he's favoring his other leg. Okay, so... Yeah, I'll just heal him for now. Thank god I found you a friend. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that though, but... Yeah. You're just enabling him. I, I know! I know! I know! <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's like you're dealing with a bad child. Well, but he is! Yeah! Just very important, that's what you Okay, so no healing. Yeah, okay, I'll just use... No, just kidding. So it's, uh... Okay, I've healed him. 18, 11, sorry. Alright. Alright, so Ronnie, you're feeling pretty good. There's only a few nicks and scrapes after Bordon held his healing hands on you. And from you guys, it goes to the monster. So, this creature, all its eyes start looking at all of you. Just this dead eye contact. And everyone needs to make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, that's good. 18. 12. 19. 8. So, Ronnie, what you feel is your mind being just compelled and mesmerized. You feel just transfixed on this creature. Every time it shifts form, every time the eyes move, it just has your complete and devoted attention. You can't stop looking at this thing. And from there it goes and it shifts more towards MZ. And MZ, while you're looking at this beast, it suddenly forms multiple mouths and quickly lunges at you, but this shield goes right in the way and slams into its mouth, and it reels away angrily. <laughs> that's right. So the monster roars and grumbles and keeps sputtering your names, but then it just ends its turn there in front of you. And Ronnie, I need you to roll me 1d8. Yeah, three. Alright, so you just stare at this creature in amazement and horror as this being that should not exist here, should not even be able to function, lunges at Emsi and tries to bite him but the shield stops it. And you just can't stop watching this thing. And from you it goes to Emsi. Okay, so first I want to make um an intelligence check to see if I can recall any info on this creature. Sure. Oh, I got a natural 20 again. Oh, nice. And make me a strength saving throw as well. Uh, 16. So, MZ, you actually remember to move your feet very quickly, so you start lifting your feet up because you know that these creatures will actually transform the terrain around them making it at first very dough-like so that it's difficult to run through, and then it'll actually become somewhat wet, and your feet will get stuck in it like it's mud. Okay, I'll, I'll yell that out to everyone. And you also remember, while being in its vicinity, it'll continuously babble and has a chance to mesmerize you, having you just stare at it for a while. And you still have your action and movement. I'm going to take a five-foot step back. And um, I'm going to cast a spell called Hunter's Mark. And it doesn't get a... I, it says here that it, there's no saving throw or anything. Like, it doesn't tell me there's a saving throw. But, yeah. But um, I deal an extra 1d6 of damage to the target whenever I hit it with a weapon. And I have... It says that I get advantage on any wisdom or survival check. And it says that the duration lasts for up to one hour. Nice. So you take a five foot step back and you hold out your hand and focus on this creature and suddenly you see this symbol appear on it. And what does this symbol look like for MZ? Maybe a circle with a bunch of symbols around it. The casting time for this is actually a bonus action so you still have your attack if you want. Ooh, I can use multi-attack still or no? Yep. I got 20 on one roll. And I got tw 12 on the other. Yeah. So both hit. So I did 10 points of damage 
on my first attack and seven on my next one. So all, all together I did 17 points of damage. All right, so you see MZ take a step back and hold out his hand and suddenly this circle with a number of symbols all around it appears on the creature. And then he steps forward once more and cuts into this creature. Then Garlic picks up his crossbow and fires it off and you see the bolt actually stick into the beast as Aoden holds his hands together and this bout of flame comes out and just envelops this beast. You see it shriek and shudder, saying your names at a higher pitch now, seeming confused and shocked as you see these open burn marks all over it and slash wounds that just aren't forming back up. And then it goes to Borodon. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll cast... So, just one question. Am I within range of, like, the, the file? I don't know, like, like the... It's not an area of effect attack. It's just, like, making everything looking like a like mud. Am I still in this area? You're away from the strange ground at the moment. Okay, okay. So I'll cast Sacred Flame. Okay. 16. Nice, that's definitely a hit. Four. <laughs> so it managed to shift its form a little bit, just enough to get away from the majority of your flames, but still a little bit hits it, so it takes some damage. And then we go to Kelsar. I'm going to attack 17, 19. That's a hit. And I'm going to use Divine Smite on top of it. I can expand a spell slot to do an additional 2d8 damage. So I'm going to expand Wrathful Smite. 3 damage for my first attack. 7. 10 total. So you strike with blade, and this cyan blue flame just erupts around it. You cut into this creature and it shrieks out one final time as its form just sort of falls down to the ground and expands and slowly starts fading away. Feel the pain of the fallen monster. I spit on it. Okay, but now I think it's time for a pep talk. Not a pep talk. But I think I really think we should talk to Ronnie. It's not the first time. The previous fight was exactly like that. We were acting without thinking, without planning. This creature almost got like caught us off guard. We really should think before acting. I mean, I'll eventually run out of spells, or maybe I won't be around to mend your damn legs and arms and whatnot. I feel like spells too. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so I don't have to heal you anymore. And, uh, okay, yeah, that's easier. Maybe that's what Ronnie does. Maybe he gets in there and he just kind of shows us that it's extremely dangerous before we go in there. Also, I'm not the one who summoned some big-ass monster last time. <laughs> okay, me neither. So, I like, what I'm saying is I keep juggling back and forth. I don't mind helping, I'm just saying that eventually we may get, you know, caught up in a situation that maybe we'll die, so I'm just saying let us talk to the group beforehand. You know, I died once before and I just showed back up here, so I think everything's going to be fine. So we can get that amulet now, right? I took that amulet. It is currently in Ronnie's hands, and there are four horses with saddlebags full of goods. What kind of goods? So you find in these saddlebags 10 days trail rations, 45 gold pieces, and a few sets of clothes. Oh, we have money. We should take a vote on who we want to be party leader right now, like who's... And personally, because Borodon was a royal advisor... I vote for him. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, well, I don't mind being, you know, the voice of reason of this group. What do you guys think? I can do that if you guys want. Well, Borodon, it's up to you if you want uh, if you want to handle it all. Uh, I think it's fine. But again, I mean, I, I don't want to be a leader as in the sense of, um, you know, telling you guys what to do. I'm just here to... 
Bernard, we all have specialties in what we do. Sure. I'm just saying that, yeah, okay, I can do that. So you find 10 days trail rations, three sets of clothes, you find 45 gold pieces, and a map of the surrounding area outlining all the merchant routes. And it actually shows that you're a lot closer to Sanctuary than you thought. You're about 20 minutes away on horseback. Okay, so I just tell the group that we're very close to Sanctuary. And you also find 50 feet of hemp rope and four torches. Um, guys, before we get there, maybe Kalsar and MZ should change their clothes. They kind of look like mass murderers. Okay, I'll change my clothes. Very well. It's just going to make it a lot easier getting into the city rather than explaining why you're covered in blood. So after you get changed, it takes you no time at all to mount on the horses and get over to Sanctuary. And as you guys get there, you see these massive walls surrounding this port city. And you can hear these gulls cry over the air. You can smell the sea, the salt in the air. You can see people lined up to get through the city gates. And Garlix looks at these longingly. We finally made it. I didn't actually think we were going to make it. Oh my god. As long as we are together, I think we can make it. saying everyone's name all the time, that was just a little too much for me, so I didn't keep saying it over and over again. I imagine it would also get quite annoying. So, you're welcome, Traveler. Thank you, all of you, who are kind enough to send us in ratings and reviews. We appreciate this greatly here at the Inn of the Seven Dice, for it gives us the inspiration to move forward with great storytelling. There will be some wonderful additions coming soon. You shall see on the Twitter for more information. But if you wish to leave us a review or send some kind words our way, feel free to go on the Atunes or the Stitcher and send us these wonderful messages. If you wish to hear more of what's going on with me, Wing of a Gimbal famous gnome bard, why don't you hop over to the Twitter where you can find me at Ballad7Dice. That's Ballad the number 7 and Dice. I look forward to seeing you again, Traveler, and I bid you adieu.